0: Morning, everybody.
1: Good morning, Brent. Ah, those trumpets. Gotta love them.
0: It just, you know, it's a great way to wake up in the morning, especially you when you're really on the West Coast.
1: <laughs> yeah. You can't help but smile with those trumpets. And then you hum them all the rest of the day. It's my good favorite. morning, everybody. And we have uh we have our guest. She's been quiet so far. We have Bianca Woods with us today from the, the e-learning girl, girl guild the e-learning gear girl I the e learning oh, girl minute, from
2: the e-learning guild yes. we can make it it's all good Chris.
1: A whole new thing for you. there we go yeah there's a whole new thing Bianca's with us Devlin's coming up next week and so we're going to chat about that some of the you know the things that we always look forward to it some of the new things that are that 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 have, are happening as part of this year's um, and lots of lots of things to cover on that front um, we have lots of folks, though, who follow us um, from outside of North America, too. So uh, maybe, Bianca, give us a sense of uh, an introduction of yourself uh, to get us started. And then just kind of a thumbnail sketch of of, of of the DevLearn conference, too, just so people from away can get a sense of yeah. it.
2: Um, okay, myself in a nutshell. Um, I'm Bianca Woods. Obviously, I work with the eLearning Guild I'm on the programming. So what my role entails is, among other things, uh, curating the conference experience for our online and in-person events. And so going through proposals, looking to find speakers, encouraging new speakers, creating new events at our events and so new activities, that kind of a thing, while also doing a bunch of other stuff with the eLearning Guild. Uh, before that, and still currently, because I do some stuff on the side, uh, I'm also an instructional designer. Uh, I was originally a classroom teacher. Thumbs up. (laughs) I was originally a classroom teacher and segued over into instructional design and instructional technology, uh, which I was doing for several years before I came to the Guild. Um, Long before I worked for the Guild, I was an attendee, so um, I checked. This is my eighth DevLearn in a row because I am an addict. <laughs> uh, I really, I don't enjoy Las Vegas, but I love this conference so much that I have come every year for eight years since 2011. And, um, you know, super excited about it this year. If you're unfamiliar with DevLearn, it's a three day event plus pre-conferences that we have in Las Vegas. Uh, it is all about the awesome intersection of technology and learning. And in particular, DevLearn, you know, it looks at a lot of practical application of technology and learning, but also where are we going? What things should we be exploring? So if you're someone who is curious about how technology and learning fit together, this is a great conference, especially, though, if you're someone who really wants to be prepared for what's coming down the line so you can be at the forefront of where the industry is going to go and sometimes leading where the industry is going to go with technology.
1: Very cool, and it's always always lots of fun. I mean, you've got that whole Vegas wraparound, uh, which, uh, if you get tired of all the DevLearn specific fun, you can always expand your horizons and and find something else to do in that city. You know, one one question that I've wondered um, somewhat uh, is the, I mean, because there's the DevLearn in the fall that the Guild yeah. does. There's also the the Learning Solutions uh, in the spring, um, and you've just given us a description of DevLearn as as um, I, I'm going to paraphrase and gosh wow 30 seconds gone by <laughs> my memory is shot already but you know the focus on on, on technology how do, how do you guys now in your own internal conversations think about the, the you know the differences between those two conferences
2: yeah and uh this is a question we get asked a lot what what on mm-hmm. earth is the difference especially now that we've also got the reality 360 conference in the summer as well so definitely learn as i just described it it's cutting edge of technology, where are we going? Some of the sessions are going to be really practical, a lot of them are also going to be maybe not something you can use right away, but something that you're going to learn how to use. Uh, learning solutions also at that intersection of technology and learning, because e-learning Guild, that's sort of our, the space we're playing in. Uh, but it's a little more focused on what we call use right away or use on Monday solutions so there's still quite a bit of content that will help you sort of wrap your brain around where can I go with technology. But there's also a lot of content on what can I do with technology and learning when I get back to the office next week. And then Reality360, it's the, the smaller, uh, more boutique event. It's my, It's all about how we can use AR and VR technology specifically for learning. And I know some people are like, that's aspirational. But... It's interesting to see that there's there's quite a few industries, particular um, the healthcare industry as well as the military, that have already been playing in this space for for quite a while, and and we can actually see real results from this.
1: Yeah, I guess last week Marco um, has a, oh, yeah. a lot of really a lot of really cool projects that um, that he and his group have done. It was a really kind of, it's really kind of cool stuff too, for sure. Yeah, so. Um, Tell us a little bit about next week. I mean, uh, let's start with the big names, the keynotes, because I think that's the kind of oh, that's the marquee, somewhat. Uh, yeah. Tell us about who's, who's who's taking the stage to kick things off uh, each morning.
2: Oh, it's so exciting! <laughs> I love this <laughs> keynote lineup because I'm a I'm a huge nerd, and this is just it's like checking all my nerd boxes. <laughs> so. Um, Our first keynote, uh, she's from a little podcast you might have heard of called Serial. Yeah, some people listen to it, only several million. Um, So Julie Snyder, she's the co-creator and executive producer of Serial, which just started its third season. I listened to the first episode. It's already awesome. So if you haven't checked it out or you didn't realize it had started back up again, go listen now. I think there's five episodes up. I'm a little behind. Um, so she's going to be talking about what makes a captivating story, and goodness knows someone who was involved with Serial, and she was also involved with This American Life before that, mm-hmm. um, these are innovative shows that have really pushed the envelope on how to use story to become, uh, to tell about information, to take, you know, I mean, Serial was originally about a, a court case that had kind of fizzled off into nothing, and they used the power of story to get people incredibly engaged with this court case. and. If I remember correctly the um, the kid from that managed to get like not a retrial, but get his case looked at again. like that's the power of a compelling story. Uh, so she's gonna be our first keynote. The next one is Ayanna um, Howard, and so she is <laughs> I saw an interview with her and she was like, "I get to actually say I am a rocket <laughs> doctor. I mean she's the doctor of robotics. She works with all sorts of cool things. Um, I'm excited because she's going to be talking about how um, technology and robots. You know, there's that whole, I guess, Terminator 2 Skynet thing of these are terrifying things and the robots will be our overlords. And I, her approach is much more positive. What's but looking at the great things that can happen when humans and robots work together, um, I don't know if anyone follows The the Verge, but they just released a video yesterday of um, one of those Boston Dynamic robots that are so cool and also a little terrifying. Um, Dancing to a remix of Uptown Funk, it is the cutest thing ever. And if my robot overlords are that, if that's what Diana Howard's promising, I'm on board. Dancing robots, (laughs) sure, I will work with them.
0: If if that's Skynet, we're all in.
2: (laughs) Yeah, if Skynet is Robots shaking their robot behinds to music. <laughs> Skynet's great. Sign me up.
0: Is that why they started with uh, robot puppies? I think uh, that might be it. Right. And, oh,
2: like the ibos from Sony. Yeah. yeah you you start. Movies. You make. You make the robot cute. You have it come from Japan, where they've got cute damn Pat. and uh, then we will be more accepting.
0: Yeah, that's what we love. Put some big eyes on it.
2: But yeah, so I'm, I'm so excited about that. I I'm always excited to see people be optimistic about robots because there's so much sci-fi that does not.
0: (laughs) I I think there's a lot of fear mongering out there with the whole robot thing and the robot takeovers and, and all of that. And it's, uh, feels like a lot of sensationalization stuff. Like, uh, it feels like it's, it's worth it to have the conversation because I think a lot of people need to be talked off the cliff.
2: Yeah. True that. I mean, it's hard. It's just like automation of any sort. People worry about their jobs. They worry about what their these careers they've invested tons of time into might be impacted by. But and and then Skynet and, you know, Cylons and what have you are our captivating stories maybe have influenced this. Right. right. Yeah, so that's going to be great. Um, We've got Linda Barry, who uh, many people may know as uh, an incredibly popular long-term cartoonist and comic artist. Um, She's going to be talking about creativity, which is near and dear to my heart because I I mentioned earlier I was a teacher. uh, I was an art teacher. And so getting people on board with seeing themselves as creative was a huge part of my work then. It's a huge part of my work now. I think we have a lot of people who are who say to themselves, I'm not creative because they can't draw.
0: Yeah. And creativity can't draw. We is, do that all the time. Yeah.
2: <laughs> well, first, everyone can draw. You just have to take, you have to practice a lot. Um, second, creativity is not art skills and creativity is about making new connections. It's about um, coming up with new ideas about um, taking old ideas and refreshing them. And that is, we're instructional designers, we do that all the time. So, I mean, Lin- that is exactly what Linda is gonna be talking about in her keynote. What, what is this idea of what creativity is and how can we see ourselves as creative people? And then last but not least, mm-hmm. we have Jessica Kriegel talking about another thing. Once again, near and dear to my heart, if you follow me on Twitter, uh, she's gonna be talking about um, generational stereotypes and how they don't hold up to science. <laughs> So, I mean, we've got a, a lot of these, you know, articles and books and speakers out there who are talking about, let's talk about millennials and how they can't afford houses because of their avocado toast. And uh, Last
1: last week's headline was that they're killing American cheese.
2: I'm very excited about that. I'm, I'm glad <laughs> that my generation is contributing to the, the dearth of American cheese. What is
0: American
1: yeah. cheese? Well, it's it's cheese that's been... Yeah, the craft singles, the the cheese and cellophane, sliced uh, for you know sandwiches and burgers and that kind of a yeah. thing.
2: apparently we're killing it. Um, mayonnaise. Yeah,
1: mayonnaise.
2: It's us. well, you wouldn't know
1: we that, it. you wouldn't know that in my house. the Millennials, <laughs> house, the mayo jar goes quickly. That said, they do not like the craft uh, the the sliced cheese. It's just not a thing for them. So yeah,
2: they're killing it.
0: Our kids, yeah. our kids never liked it either. It was not, yeah. Uh, no.
1: Mm-hmm. It's a
2: thing, Not
1: a thing that apparently
2: though. we're killing. But, yep. I mean, we joke. We, I, I always make the avocado toast jokes because it, <laughs> it's ridiculous. But there are a lot of really harmful stereotypes about all groups of people, all ages of people. And um, Jessica, her story is interesting because she had originally started doing research about, like, generational groups and understanding millennials. And she went into that thinking that these differences were real and she really wanted to explore them. And the more she did her research, the more she was seeing first, her sources were often at odds with each other. One thing would say one thing, the other thing would say another. And so she was like, hmm, that's curious. And, you know, a lot of them, when you went back and you looked at the science, if you dig back far enough, it just wasn't there. And as she's doing this, she's also looking at historical information about how people talked about different age groups and kept seeing things where it was just, you know, those young whippersnappers is just an age (laughs) old thing or those olds. Because, I mean, this isn't we talk about millennials a lot. It's not just millennials. It's how people talk about boomers. It's how people talk about people in Gen X. It's how we're going to start talking about people in Gen Z, Gen Z. This is international podcast. (laughs) Do I say Z or Z? (laughs) um yeah so she's going to be kind of picking that apart and and, you know it's important for us to be addressing things that are out there that maybe aren't true or aren't fully true
1: yeah do you know talking to people um even about you know any kind, kind of thing in our in our space and very often do hear things like well our employees are, uh, and they, you know, there's a dis- there's a definite generational description, and they expect things to be shiny and bright, and, and you know, or uh, they need a lot of interaction to keep them engaged. And, um, and I kind of always stop and scratch and think, you know, okay, so you're gonna add what more buttons for people to click to, to show something like sliders?
0: You yeah, know, no, do you know sliders.
1: what? <laughs> do you know what? They're already skeptical. They're already skeptical of of silliness and, and unnecessary things in the in in media content that they they have a you know many of us have a short um attention span not because something we can't think of it but uh, can't stay focused long enough but uh maybe it wasn't that good so maybe adding more buttons doesn't really change something
2: what buttons know? aren't magical that's
0: yeah,
1: <laughs> you right
0: i think at the at the risk of taking us too far off the dev learn topic um this is always a good topic though but i I think there are some legitimate differences between the millennials. Like if you listen, if you think about your choice of music that you're going to put into your song, uh, you know, certain generations may not appreciate a really killer rap tune, you know, and um, others are like, yeah, they're totally cool with it, but it may not be a generational thing, but you could generalize. Little. Well, and
2: it's less about the generational buckets, which are really, there's a great Adam Conover talk because uh, he does that show, Adam Ruins Everything, and he did a talk for a marketing conference a while back called um, Adam Ruins uh, Millennials. Or Adam Ruins Millennials or Adam Ruins Generations. That's awesome, yeah. Um, and he talks about uh, these buckets that we put people in are mostly, in, in many cases, arbitrary. Yeah. Um, so the thing that you're talking about, about music, I mean, it, it's going to be the music you grew up with. And it's much less about that um, age bracket because it's like it's, most uh, of these brackets are about 20 years. The oldest millennials, high. um, We didn't grow up listening to the same music as the youngest millennials. And so even within that age cohort, there are differences. I mean, there are differences uh, between how we are at certain age groups. There are always going to be those things that happen in our lives that are historical events or things like pop culture that influence us. But that's not about millennial versus you know, Boomer, it's more I you know, person born in nineteen ninety versus person born in nineteen eighty, what do we grow up with?
0: Right. I'm on the tail end, I'm on like the crossover between boomers and uh and uh what what was Gen Gen X? Was Gen, Gen X. X after Boomers? Yeah. So I'm kind of like I'm like I don't feel like I've ever really been a part of any of the stereotypes because I land right on the transitional year depending upon which you know study you look at but I'm like at the crossover phase so (laughs) it's
1: like yeah it's
0: like you can look at I'll bet if you looked at every single like if you took those micro groups the ones that are on the on the ends of all of the generalizations you'll find this commonality of things that are unique to uh, to us as well because we just we feel lost in because we don't belong to any of the generations
1: <laughs> i uh, i prefer to to believe i prefer to describe myself as belonging to Jen eric oh okay Ba-dum-bum. Jen eric gen eric <laughs> just you know, it's just generic.
2: Oh, that's a great dad joke.
1: <laughs> yeah, it is. Uh, it, it's definitely a dad joke. Yeah,
2: yeah my husband I, and I, I, I are two months apart. I call and- it. I call it Boom
0: Zennial Z. You have to spell okay. it with the. Uh, <laughs> you have to spell it like uh, I'll put it. I'll put it in the chat. This is how I spell it. Okay, I, I gotta and,
1: see and this. Instead of two O's, it's a U with an umlaut because you know, Brent also likes his. uh his
0: Oh yeah, hard and and I should the put umlaut in there. <laughs>
2: Yeah. Well, I also wanted to make this a startup. Pull out some vowels.
0: Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah, that's right. So I should take more out, shouldn't I? So maybe it's like, maybe it's like, it may be more like this. Oh, this could be good.
2: Um... Well, there you go. I I feel we could go to angel investors with that right now.
1: That's it. Quick summary. I think they might. URL. They might think that we're riding bicycles in New Zealand, but maybe that's another uh, angle for us we too. We
2: could do that too. We diversify,
1: and, and but our generation can afford it because we haven't wasted our money on avocado toast.
2: Yeah. So. oh, that's excellent. Hey, we
0: got Kara North in the chat hanging out with us. I just realized, and I know she's going to be a DevLearn, aren't you, Kara? No? no, what? You're at like every single conference lately.
2: I'll be sad not Um, to see you
0: oh yeah i thought for sure you were you were headed off to devlin this year well my bad sorry about that she has she She has conflicted schedules
2: she is coming to learning solutions though
1: ah there you go (laughs) very cool um on that note um we will have our team uh the domino team will be at uh at devler next week
0: in the Uh, next brett will be
1: amongst the group in the expo and uh um, and our colleague, Dr. Paul Schneider is doing a session on interactive video that's on Wednesday afternoon, I think could be uh, a lot of fun for folks to check out small plug there on what we're doing. Um, so stepping back from the the, um, the the keynotes for some of the other things that you're looking forward to most next week, uh, Bianca.
2: So. Obviously, there's the sessions. The sessions are phenomenal. The sessions are the reason I got so addicted to going to DevLearn. Uh, It's a fantastic batch of people. It's always a fantastic batch of people. And it's just, it's people from our community who are super excited about sharing their insights with people. I mean, it is a nerd conference. It is a whole bunch of people who are nerdy about learning and technology. So if you like those things, you will have found your people. Uh, So the sessions are great. I can't recommend them enough. There are tons. Uh, You are going, if you're coming, you are going to want a time machine. I keep asking for us to get like a guild DeLorean or something um, because it's impossible to see everything you want. Uh, Make friends, divide and conquer, and then come back at lunch and at dinner and then you can debrief. That is the only way I have figured out how to do this without a time turner or aforementioned DeLorean. Um, We've got, you mentioned the expo hall. Uh, I recommend people go to the expo hall, even if you have $0 to spend, because it is handy to know what's out there, Uh, especially if a couple months down the line, it turns out you do have some some budget to spend, then you at least know what's going on with the industry and have some ideas about who to reach out to. Uh, The expo hall is also where we're having the VR learning lab which is where, if anyone's looking okay. to find me, that's where I'm going to be almost all the time except when I'm doing sessions. And uh, the VR Learning Lab, we started this up because we were you know, launching Realities 360, and we had noticed a lot of people were keen on trying out VR and thinking about it for learning, but they had never gotten their hands on anything beyond Google Cardboard. And Google Cardboard is amazing, and there's some fantastic learning solutions for it. It's it's great because it's cost effective and really easy to put in people's hands. But if you're thinking about, well, how do you go even deeper with VR, you really need to get your hands on the equipment, which is, you know, it's gone down a lot, but it's still not something you can just pop by the corner store and pick up for 20 bucks. So we created this hands-on learning lab where we brought in a bunch of VR technology that's on the higher end side so that people could try it out themselves, get a sense of what it is, try a bunch of different experiences in it. Um, And I've seen so many people have these aha moments there where they go, oh, that's why this is going to be important for us to think about for for learning experiences. So if you haven't ever tried out VR, head over there. If you want to say hi, head over there. Um, A lot of the time it's going to be me and Mark Britz there. So both of us are super keen on having discussions about where we're going with this technology as well. So if you want to pop by and kind of chat that out um other things we've got the expo reception in the expo hall which is on wednesday evening and it is just an opportunity to meet up with people to get some free drinks some free appetizers if that's your thing um and to just like start making connections if you don't know anyone that's a great place to get to know some people uh the following night we have demo fest which is one of my very favorite parts of all of our conferences um it's basically like a science fair there's a whole bunch of tables, and at each table has a little exhibit, only it's people from our industry sharing their projects. So not here's a thing I have to sell, it's here's a thing I, an instructional designer, made, and you can play with it, and you can also talk to me about how I made it. Um, tons of really great stuff there. And some people doing some really innovative projects where you you go, you made that with this tool, huh? And then you can ask them how, because the person who made it is there at the table. Uh, other things to it's it's
1: the so. demo fest is awesome yeah. for inspiration um yeah oh
2: yeah
1: even uh even if you're just shy i mean you know it's a it's a it's a room full of people you don't have to actually talk but just sort of cruising through even and looking at all the various screens and there's inevitably going to be many things that are going to make you pause and go oh well i'm going to be here and then you find yourself 15 minutes later still staring at the same stuff going that's really cool
0: yeah yeah that's it's and like it's- uh the um your advice about uh, trying to hit everything it, that would be my advice to give everybody about demo fest too is that you really do got to keep moving if you want to see everything that's in demo fest you feel like you've got what an, an hour and a half or however long it goes for two hours and but man that yeah. time flies by so you gotta have a plan before you go in there or else you do find yourself sitting that catches your eye most of that time. You no, know, there's like 15 minutes before you have to put your votes <laughs> yeah. in and you've only seen like four out of
2: <laughs> all of those four are the ones that give you the best inspiration. You, yeah. You've gotten what you needed from it. But if you want to get a, the breadth of it, it's it's a lot of little tables. So you can cruise yeah. through and then pick your four to go back to. Um, yeah, it's on one hand, it could stand to be longer because there's so many things to say. RC. On the other hand, I have done Demo Fest as a as a demoer, and it is it is a delight, but it is exhausting. And you are talking <laughs> not <non-stop> for <laughs> two hours, so it's something this Thing is, you, you want to hydrate beforehand. Have yeah. a lot of sugar. Be ready because those two hours they take a lot out of you. It's some of the greatest conversations you will ever have with other people in the industry, though.
1: yeah Uh, yeah. it's really it's a really cool opportunity for um sorry go ahead
2: yeah oh i just say demo fest go to it if you if i can tell you to prioritize anything that's the thing (laughs) i'm a nerd so of course i want to go and like talk to all the people who made stuff but um i I do think it's something that's really special and and it's great to do that peer-to-peer learning uh and if you're Mm. new to demo or to devlearn uh, one thing i recommend checking out is our docent program so it is something that was created in large part to help people who are new to the conference or at the conference by themselves and give them a little bit more guidance. So we have three docents who are people who are going to give you uh, some guided help with the conference. Uh, there are three people who have been coming to the conference for years now. Um, Karen Heider, Mel Chambers, and Tracy Parrish, you may know some of these people. and. Um, they do morning buzz sessions. So that's uh, our sort of our informal conversations that happen every day at 730. And so they do. Um, I'm going to be helping them out with the orientation on Wednesday morning. So they're going to answer all the questions that you might have about the conference and share their tips for getting the most out of the conference experience. Uh, they're doing morning buzz sessions the other two mornings as well. And they're going to be helping you debrief the conference and also. Think about how, what you're gonna do when you leave and they'll use their own experience to help with that conversation. Uh, they have a group that you can sit with for the keynotes if you don't wanna sit by yourself, just so you know, there's a little bit of community feeling. Some people that you know. Uh, they sit together at lunch, so that can help too. They have recommendations for sessions you might wanna check out that are particularly good if you're new. Uh, it, it's free to participate in, it's just part of the conference experience and you can choose to participate in as much and as little as the program as you want. So if you just want to go to orientation and then you're good, you should absolutely do that. Um, And yeah, the morning sessions. Sorry.
1: Yeah, no, I was just gonna say my first conference experience in this industry, um, I was basically on my own and gosh, I would have uh, really valued a chance to just sort of have that ease in um, and get that greater sense because I know it was, I I can't even remember what conference it was, but it was. (laughs) an awful long time ago relatively speaking but um, it was overwhelming you know even just thinking about navigating um, you know the booths in the expo hall and just trying to orient myself around that stuff so so the docent program is, is really cool because it does take something that I mean you've got what two thousand ish folks at the, at the conference so that um, right. that little bit of extra personal touch to help people get the best and the most out of their yeah. time is, is absolutely fabulous.
2: Yeah, I was lucky the first time I went to DevLearn, which was my very first conference ever, and that was terrifying. I came with a friend and um, it, and that made navigating things a little easier, but I really wish I had had this and had some opportunity to talk to people and go, okay, here's what you should do to get the most out of it. Because there were times where she and I were just like, I don't know, <laughs> do I go to every keynote? Maybe not, that was a mistake. Yeah. And it's just nice to have friendly faces. I mean, especially if you're there on your own, because I've done DevLearn on my own too. And it's a lot of people, but you don't necessarily know all of them. So the docent program Mm -hmm. can be a way to get to meet other attendees. And then at the very least, you know, the docents, you know them by name. If you have someone to say hi to in the hallways, that's always nice.
0: Yep. Make a friend right off the bat. It's always always the best way to go. Mm -hmm.
1: Uh, And you were just about to talk about the morning buzz sessions, which are, are a really cool thing and a great way to sort of pump up your day, I think.
2: Yeah, so they're more informal conversations. So a lot of the conference presentations, you know, you've got someone who's doing a presentation about a topic in the variety of ways that people can do that. The morning buzz sessions, we ask people to suggest a topic, but they're just facilitating a conversation about that topic. They're not coming in with an agenda, with slides or anything. It's what are the people in the room who come you want to talk about that topic, want to talk about. Everyone contributes, it's very informal. It's another really good way to meet people if you're there on your own. Um, And it's great because it means you take an angle on that topic that is what the people in the room indicate they want to talk about. So it's very much guided by the needs of the people who attend that particular session. So they start at 7.30, I know it's a little early, unless you're coming from the East Coast. Like me, (laughs) in which case it's much better, but absolutely worth getting up early for. We also have coffee and tea available at that time. So you can Mm caffeinate and then go in, which I I highly recommend doing as well.
0: Maybe maybe we should rebrand Wednesday Morning's uh, Idiotic as Instructional Designers at DevLearn Drinking Coffee.
2: Or tea. Tea still good. (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah tea for, for those for those you know people who have to you know have tea
2: Ah, we are disappointing aren't we
1: yeah, yeah. <laughs> such a crazy wacky bunch right very cool very cool um one of the cool things uh, do you guys have a a head count on on the number of um the number of sessions in in um like the, the you know the one hour sessions in total because i think that gives people a sense of maybe the range of stuff that they can they can sink their teeth into too
2: yeah let me do i'm gonna do the quick math for you
1: all righty
0: let's get the math um i I just can't all right so it's it's
2: um around 120 concurrent sessions we also have tons of stage sessions so it's over there's yeah, yeah. hundred sessions you can choose to go to. Hence why I said you were going to want a time machine. And that's not mm. including the morning buzz sessions. It's a lot.
1: Yeah. Chris. It's, it's just, there is so much. Uh, and, and I mean, you know, you guys do structure things with different sort of, you know, topic alignments that if you have had this kind of area of your focus, you yeah. kind of got a, I won't say a curriculum, but here's a pathway, you know, if you want to stay in that, in that lane. But there's always that feeling of, oh, there's this and there's this and there's this. Um, which one? So.
2: Yeah, I usually recommend people um, work on their idea for how they want to spend their time ahead of time, but come up with multiple options per set, uh, session block. That way, if you go to a session and it's not quite what you need, you know exactly where you can go next, and you for, can leave a session if it's not the right fit. For sure. It can be the most phenomenal session ever, but it's not if it's not what you need. Yeah. It's okay mm-hmm. to leave and go yep, somewhere else. Totally. Go to another session.
0: Yeah, and with social so media, today, people, sh- people should really engage with uh, others that are going online and just ask, you know, hey, what what looks yeah. interesting to you and start those conversations early. And then you're going to kind of get an idea. You're going to be meeting people that are going to be there ahead of time. So you can start that networking and you can learn about what they think is going to be really cool. Maybe this is your first time going and you're seeing a whole bunch of people online saying, yeah, yeah, I've been there before, and this is what I like, and you can engage with them that way. So I think people should really uh, jump into the the social media conversations beforehand as well. It's a great
2: way to prep. Well, and the social media, that is a huge part, particularly if you, like, whether you're there or you can't be there, because I noticed Kara, uh, sadly, is not going to be able to be there. But Mm -hmm. Kara, join us on the back channel. It's hashtag devlearn. Um, Yours truly will be live-tweeting all of the keynotes. Um, lots of and people.
0: So, so yeah, you- let's not forget about that. You guys have an app for the event as well. So we
2: do. Um, but if you're not on site, you can't, or you're not registered for the conference, you can't jump into the app. So if you're going to be coming, download the app. It's amazing. There's an internal back channel where you can make your schedule in it. If you can't come, Twitter, hashtag DevLearn. Lo- lots of people will be sharing, and it's not the same as being at the conference true but you'll still get a lot of really great insights and get a taste of what the event is like so if you get to come next year you'll know what you're uh you're gonna be in for
1: exactly it's a very cool way to get at least a teaser and a taste and always i mean there's always some ideas that come across as people you know throw photos into the uh, from sessions and stuff in and you go that, there's something for me to dig into for sure
2: or a person for me to find out more ab- about. Like yeah. you might see someone like tweet uh, a-, a photo of someone's concurrent session, and you go, "Oh, uh, that's really cool." I wonder if that person shared their deck, or if they have a Twitter account, or mm-hmm. if they have a website. Like it's a great way to find new people.
1: For sure. Yep. Bianca, thanks so much for joining us. Hope you guys have a great time next week. I know everybody who attends the Guild sessions always has a good time. There's just, I mean, it's that combination of, of learning and community because you end up coming away with new friends every time and uh, and new people to, to connect with. Um, we know it's going to be a, a great time. And so if anyone's in our group here joining us here today and are going, have a great time at it and, and uh, soak it in. Yeah,
2: stop by stay say hi to us. We'll be there. Like, and, and I'll be there, too. Fancy that. <laughs> <Good>
1: <laughs> go that figure, off.
2: eh? Thanks, Bianca, it's <laughs> so good to see you. Good to see you guys, too. All
0: right. I guess that'll do it Excellent. for today.
1: All right. Time to go out on the music.
0: All right, everybody. Cheers to your day. Enjoy your coffee. Cheers. Get it started or wrap up your day, depending upon where you're from. And no trombones for you, Kara. Just trumpets today. <laughs>